Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. and welcome to this week's episode of the Proper Class Podcast. I'm Hannah Chiswick. And I'm Laura Checkley. And we are, of course, here to celebrate all things working class. Laura. No, it's you. I'm letting you do it. Well, you're letting me do the catchphrase. Oh, Jesus. Because if we don't, who the bloody hell will? Is that all you can muster? That's why you're meant to do it. It's become a thing now. Oh, it hasn't become I, a I, thing. I'm going to change it around and have it back to me next week. Um, uh, as always, we sit down with a working class hero to celebrate their life and achievements and discuss just how they got to where they are today. And on that note, who are we celebrating this weekend? Right. Well, I need to be careful not to fangirl too much this week and embarrass you, Law, but I am really excited. And actually, I don't really care who knows it. It has to be said that this hugely talented actor has got to be one of our country's finest talents. She's a multi-award winning actor and presenter and according to Wikipedia, which of course is always right, even has a tram named after her. Well, you know you've made it when that happens. I'm going to talk to her about that later. I hope it's true. (laughs) (laughs) Han is right though. This week's guest has been dominating our screens for years now. You might have just been watching her defusing a bomb on ITV hit drama Trigger Point. You might also remember her iconic role in Shane Meadows' groundbreaking multi-award winning drama This Is England, which saw her win a BAFTA and an RTS award for her performance as Best Actress. After This Is England, there really was no stopping her and she went on to dominate the screens in shows and films like Broadchurch, Svengali, The Replacement, Mother's Day, I Am Nicola, Alex Ryder and The Secret Agent. And not forgetting Action Team, a comedy caper starring yours truly. It was a huge hit, only in my mum's house, of course, but it was a hit (laughs) nonetheless. But no, seriously, not only a top-class actress, but also turning a hand to presenting too with the incredibly touching documentary Our Dementia Choir. Did you see that? It was amazing. Oh, God, which really resonated with the public and, in my opinion, a vital bit of telly. Not content with all that, she has recently launched her own production company along with her partner called Build Your Own Films, which will offer equality of opportunity to people from all backgrounds. Her biggest hit to date, though, has to be the award-winning gargantuan hit that is Line of Duty. Folks, it's true, she's here. Well, she's not quite here, but she's on Zoom. It's the loveliest <laughs> lady in showbiz, national treasure and a hairdo to die for. It is Vicky McClure. Woo! Was that excruciating? That was excruciating. I've gone red. I mean, I've gone the colour of my jumper. (laughs) But you've done so much and you don't want to leave too much out. (laughs) So we just have to clear up. Do you have a tram named after you? I do. 
<laughs> I saw it only the only literally I was in town the other day and every time there's a tram passing I'm checking it I'm checking is it mine <laughs> and I did I saw it what is it and is it called Vicky it's Vicky McClure that basically there's a tram system in Nottingham and they've named all the trams after different people like Torvald Dean, Brian Clough, Robin Hood, you know, <laughs> and I got my own tram. It's amazing. It's mental. I think that's amazing. Have you been on it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've been on it. And I like to check it's clean. Of course. course. Yeah, yeah. I won't be happy if I get on and there's a load of muck and litter and all sorts of stuff <laughs> hanging about. Get so, um, with a bin bag. Yeah. Bin I do bag. check, I do like to check that it's clean. <laughs> that is so brilliant. So, Vicky, uh, we start each week asking our guests to take us back to a place and time that has some meaning to them, somewhere that has a connection to their working class roots. So if you could take us back anywhere today, where would it be? Oh, it was a it was a tie between either the Players Rack, which was kind of like a working men's club um, in Nottingham, nearby where my nonna lived. Um, and it was part of Players Factory, the cigarette factory. Wow. Um, and my mum worked there for years and my granddad worked there. You know, it was, it was a massive institution in Nottingham. So there was lots of people that worked there. But there was this club called Players Rec. And it, I just remember there being a lot of bingo, a lot of discos. It was where people had a pint. There was your slot machines. It was a bit like a small variation on, on what you got when you went to Skeggy. And, you know, I did the caravan holidays, which we did every year. Me too. And it was, yeah, so it was just having that at home. To me, that just the, the smell of it. Again, it's just all those little nods when you think about it and go, what was it like? I just remember it smelling like of booze and fags and just sweaty kind of goodness. Yes, yeah, goodness. <laughs> When you go back to like those sort of places, which there's not many of them sadly anymore, but that smell, it hits you, doesn't it? And it's it really is quite gross, but it's like sort of strangely comforting yeah definitely yeah that sort of thinking of fags and that as a kid you know just because you'd been in in and out of the pub or whatever (laughs) yeah you know where because you could smoke everywhere couldn't you yeah it was it was just one of those places where it was quite random I don't remember what the you know there was no scheduling it was like you just go down and there'd be a disco and you're like what what, what's the disco for like it's not for anything do you know what I mean it's always <laughs> birthday no one's got married it's just a Friday night yeah you've got so a, we're disco. Have a disco yeah yeah and um you get really dressed up you know it was like you put on your best your best clothes I've been matching in something with my sister oh. my mum loved doing that putting us in matching clothes oh my god <laughs> so that was it really that was that was my fondest memory and and you know, even thinking of my nonna and granddad, that was that side of the family that went to those kind of places and, you know, fiercely working class people that worked very hard and were very proud of the roots, very proud of their house, very proud of, you know, sort of their surroundings. And, you know, I sort of tapped into that very early on. Yeah, it's a thing, isn't it? You always talk about it, Law, like you loved hanging out with the adults. But I feel like it's a real working class thing to have that like multi-generational places you could go to. They just don't exist as much. Like the clubs you could go with your nan and granddad, yeah, and your mum and dad, and you as kids, yeah, and all be together. Or you'd go to the pub and you go, right, there's a bag of crisps, there's your pop, now be quiet. And yeah, just yeah. be quiet. So that no one took you home to bed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You just sit there and, you know, play with the other kids and have a nice time. And funny hearing you saying, like, people really 
dressed up because it's it's we, we talked about this earlier on a, a, another podcast we we're doing earlier about working class people dressing up um and um i know i was always drilled into me keep your trainers clean and and, yeah. and turn yourself out well because when you haven't got a lot that's how you you sort of show yourself to go well but we're clean and we're put together and yeah. you know yeah uh, and, and just that dressing up to literally go down a bit of a shit really well there's a lot to be said for you know when i was growing up i never you know i never went without and it was important to kids and it is to kids now like it's just the way in which the world has changed it's like if a kid wants a pair of nike air, nike air jordans it's like three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. yeah right <laughs> Whereas, you know it's like back in our day when you wanted a nice pair of trainers as much as they were expensive they weren't to that degree but if you were lucky enough to get the trainers that you wanted or the clothes that you wanted if anything happens to them mm-hmm. ain't replacing them oh so you're God. gonna have to look after them it's that mentality you know it's like now i get lots of free things and i feel quite guilty for some of it because you can't help but think oh god this is kind of weird yeah. and then there's another part of you that goes god it's weird when i do buy something uh, you know that's like i bought a really nice paul smith jacket a couple of weeks ago and it cost me a lot of money. And, you know, I still to this day, I'm like, nobody come near me whilst I'm wearing it. Because <laughs> if I damage it, I ain't buying another one. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because I, I, I'm not going to be silly with my money like that. I know. It doesn't leave you, does it? I've, I recently got a jacket from uh, Jamie Redknapp, one, his oh, brand. Nice. Um, and I got it for free. He gave it to yeah. me free. Uh, not bragging, bragging a bit. But I, I literally, bit. come on. <laughs> but like, literally, I don't want to wear it anywhere. Yeah. That's the other thing. And then I keep telling everyone how much it was. Not to brag, but to go, do you know how much it is? Don't sit on that, please. Yeah. You know, I really I don't remember. Like, even, even now, when, you know, back in the day when I didn't have much money to spend on clothes and things like that, if somebody did like my top, before they'd even finish the <laughs> sentence, I'd go, oh, it's only two ninety nine. Yeah. I still do that. From, you know, wherever, because you instantly want to tell them that, oh, it was a bargain. I got a real bargain. And, <laughs> you, and you, you can complimented too. Yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, you can too. <laughs> yeah. So it swings in roundabouts, doesn't it? Do you know what else I think never leaves you? I was using my bank card the other day and I went to use it and it didn't work and I felt like I needed to announce to the entire... I do have money! I have just been paid. I, I made up this whole incorrect, like, not true monologue. Going, I've just been paid and um, a big bill has gone out so there's no way... It, like this. And the woman was like, it's all right, our machine's not working, just try again. And I was like, oh, no. oh. And it's just all of those things from thinking yeah, know, of those times when me and you have done it, when we first met, going, like, we've got £5 between us. No, like, yeah. to, and those yeah. things stay with you, I think, that idea. I don't think you can ever – something we talk about a lot, money. Inevitably on yeah. this podcast we end up talking about yeah. money a lot because money is so – what holds people back from being able to access the arts and, and be in the arts and work in the arts is just – Sustain it. Sustain it. Yeah. Money yeah. is like how do you get in, how do you stay? All of those things is is such a big part of everything, money, really, isn't it? Massively. Not only that, I was talking um, – Sadly, I hate to tell you this, on another podcast last week. Oh, <laughs> you mean there are others? <laughs> and um, we was talking, we sort of touched on money a bit. And I said, the thing is, what you, do, well, what I didn't get taught, I got taught by my dad, you know, strongly at all costs, pay your tax and this is how it works. And, you know, the minute I earn anything it was like this is what you do it's like fine okay that from a young age was drilled into me but the process in which the industry works for people to get paid is not like getting paid pay 
by P-A-Y-E. No. You know, it's a completely different setup. And it's just, you've got to be pre-warned. Do you know what I mean? I, I don't know why I keep talking about this. It's obviously a bit of a bee in my bonnet. So I just think people might have taken time off work to do the job. Or, you know, you don't know what circumstances they're in. They're being told you're going to get paid X amount of money. You know, explain to them how they're going to get that. They're going to get that in one fair lump. Are they going to get it trickled out throughout the weeks? When, are they, when is it going to drop? People have got bills to pay. And I'm sorry, but the way the world is at the minute, you can't be just going, oh, it's not gone in yet. It's like, isn't it funny how in the world, you know, people can take your money like that in an instant. I mean, we tap on our phones now. It's as if it's a game. Yeah. And then... To if they say, oh, sorry, I took it out twice. I took it out twice. Oh, okay, no worries. It'll take five to ten days to return to your account. What? Yeah. <laughs> you took that in seconds, but you can't get it back to me in a second. So, you know, I just think in terms of an industry, we we have got to start and be a bit more. You're so right. You're so right. It's, it's, I remember when I got the first, I'd, done, I'd started off doing theatre. And then, so I knew, you know, you get paid weekly with that, even though it's sort of shit, shitter money than telly. Telly's loads better. But when I first started telly, I, I was like, I had to phone my agent and go, I will get it weekly in it because I don't know I'm gonna, I don't know how I'm gonna do next week. I'm paying my rent, I'm paying whatever. And it was like, oh right. And I, it's not, I don't think she meant anything by it at the time, but it was just like, I just felt bad asking. Yeah. And that's another thing. I felt feel really bad going, hello, can I get my money, please? Because I need. To I've actually taken a really big because um, I am theatre director, but I've taken a really big stand on that. I feel like now that I'm a bit older and further on in my career, it's really important as a working class person to be loud and unapologetic about talking about money. Yeah. Because I think it's the one thing that I see so many of my fellow working class creatives drop out of the industry because of. And the way that you get paid, and I don't mind now, I couldn't care less. I just call up accounts departments and go, can I get paid please? Because it's three weeks late and I can't pay my mortgage. And people get really embarrassed. They're like, oh, uh, uh, and I'm like, it's fine. Can you just do it now? Can you pay me now? And people are so embarrassed about you saying that sort of thing. Yeah. You used to be embarrassed about saying it. I remember yeah. having conversations with you loads saying, oh, God, and you're like, well, just maybe send an email. Oh, God, I just feel bad asking. Yeah, because you made to feel like embarrassed. I'm like a, yeah, like I'm, I'm embarrassed to be skinny. Yeah. Like. Well, also, I mean, at that point in your career, I, you know, I'd have been the same. I'm embarrassed to ask anything. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I'm yeah. certainly not going to contact accounts <laughs> or even, like, think about asking my agent for anything other than my call sheet like I don't know <laughs> yeah. it's, it's like it's such a daunting industry sometimes to step into and then once you've you know very very lucky and blessed like we are to have stepped into it to a certain degree where you go all oh, right I know really how the sort of thing works now and I know how I can navigate certain things it's very hard to explain that to somebody and you know, it's like anything. I've always said to people on set, whether you've got a line or no lines or you're an essay or whatever, like it's just got to be an equal playing field. So I'm just going to take you right back. Oh, oh. back to way back when. Um, where did you Where did you grow up? What was your hometown? How was school? Uh, so I grew up in Nottingham. I grew up in a, an area called Woolerton, which is a lovely, lovely area. A really, really nice area, great people. And I had the best time at school. I'm one of them people that, you know, 
I just can't really say I had a bad time. It was... And was it like a comprehensive state school? It was just, yeah, yeah just a normal comp, um, about a 10-minute walk from my house. It's called Fernwood. I, I do, I've returned a few times. I was there only a couple of weeks ago watching their uh, production of Chicago. Oh, and wow. it, was, it was fantastic, <laughs> but the, the school's completely changed. You know, they've they've had... I think they've turned into an, an academy now and they've got facilities like you won't believe, yeah, which is right. great. But... um. I just loved it and I loved it because I loved the people, my friends who are still very much my friends now. Um, the teachers were a good laugh. You know, <laughs> some of them were absolute bah and you just couldn't be bothered with them. But majority of them, especially Mr. Irons, we had this deputy head called Paul Irons and he was just such an inspiration to so many people. You know, he spoke to people like directly. There was none of it. I didn't feel like I was being told off by a teacher. I felt like I was being told off by a family member that was disappointed in me. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So it actually oh, hit home nice. sort of thing. And were you and were you academic? Did you were you academic? <laughs> no. No, not really. No, but I had a lovely time. <laughs> I had a lovely time. <laughs> Do you know what though? Because I started I started at the TV workshop in Nottingham when I was eleven. So at the t- same time as I'm starting school comp i'm starting this workshop thing what is and that sorry vicky the tv workshop is it like a little saturday school kind of thing it's got an amazing reputation hasn't it yeah like, it's 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 like a it's not a drama school it's it's called the workshop it's in nottingham and people like samantha morton jack o'connell soccer a lot of the people from this is england just to name a few <laughs> you know it's just an yeah. alumni of incredible actors down there and it was ran by a guy called Ian Smith and basically you got in on your merit you didn't pay a penny to go free so when I, wow. it was free wow, it wow, was wow. free I know and it was it was the making of me as a person and, and me as an actor for sure because nobody was there with an agenda do you know what I mean you, you had mm-hmm. to want to go it was twice a week you had to go after school and then if you was doing plays you've got to put the work in and you do have to rehearse more than twice a week and you know, it was it was disciplined. It was a very disciplined place to be, but it was also pure freedom. So you can go down there and because it was improvised based, it's like you could swear all you like, you yeah. could come up with the maddest stories. And if you went, you know, if you thought you wanted to do something funny, everyone would laugh. Yeah. They'd all encourage it. And if you wanted to cry your eyes out and do something really dramatic and, and deep and dark, they'd be there like with you. What an incredible place. Oh, my God, honestly. Place. So I was there for 10 years. And st- are they still going? Are they? Yeah. Wow. They're still going, but it's slightly different in terms of the costume because obviously yeah. funding just yeah, you know, right. became difficult. But it's it's also not, you know, it's not fees that are sort of out of this world and there's yeah. a lot of bursary sort of schemes in place so if you can't afford it then you know hopefully that still won't get in your way wow. and it's still the same sort of shithole that it always was because it used to be in this basement in town and honestly it was just great because because it was a shithole you felt like you could do anything you don't mm. worry about moving that settee around there because you might scuff the walls and felt like presumably like yeah like you belong there like you didn't not belong there because you can go to I went to a posh dance school when I was a kid and I felt so out of place and for a long time yeah Yeah. that created a big sense of not being good enough for me just because I mean a lot of them were weren't all posh but a lot of them were Were posh posh too yeah Yeah. and it just felt like I shouldn't be there so that that would have been like you know yeah like feeling like you belong it just felt like there was you know it was ours if we wanted to spray paint the wall because we was doing a drama (laughs) that was in a you know an alleyway or something then we'd spray paint the wall and then (laughs) if somebody was doing a play after that where they needed 
something Shakespearean, <laughs> then they paint over it. I like your Shakespeare voice. Thank you, darling. It's everything I learned at the workshop. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's such a shame, isn't it? Because I feel like we've really lost. I went to a drama, um, a thing called JIT, which was Greenwich Young People's Theatre, and it was in a scuzzy old church hall in Woolwich. And it was it was amazing, similar thing. We just sort of ran about and did plays about stuff, you know. And yeah. when, I, when I decided at 11 I wanted to direct, they went, on you go. Yeah. And everyone let me do it. And it was sort of that. And I, and I feel like we've got really focused perhaps under our current government, in, in like what the outcomes of drama are. Like, is it valuable? Like, you know, and it, I think it's it's not only about everyone going on to be have amazing careers. That's fantastic if they do. But it's also about going on to have a full life as a human, like, and, and meeting other people and having that expression and finding ways to express yourself, even if that means, you know, you're going to become a lawyer, that's definitely going to have enriched you somehow. And, yeah, 100%. you know, I just think that we've become so fixated on whether it's an important subject. And I think it's confidence, isn't it? Because, yeah, yeah, you know, one thing that I found at school, um, I didn't take to drama that well at school. Like I didn't get involved in the plays and stuff because I was way too busy having fun with my friends and writing letters. Sure you know, about whoever I was dating at that time. Um, and they're folding them into tiny, tiny little things. <laughs> but it, but the reason I think I didn't take to drama that much there was purely because if I wanted to do something that I felt was, you know, a bit out there, I just felt like maybe some of my mates might be like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah. So I thought, well, I'll just leave that for the workshop. And, you know, school and workshop were two very separate things. And I had more confidence when I was there. Mm. And, you know, nowadays, like you were just saying, it, it's as if there's a process and we've all and there's there's a, you know, a ladder we've all got to climb. It's like what, you know, if you if I was talking to, oh, I don't even know what this means, but, you know, looking at my own career now, if somebody had presented that to me years and years ago and said, will you be happy with that? I'd be like, are you joking? I'm <laughs> absolutely ecstatic with that. That'll do me beautifully. Thank you very much. Yeah. Whereas it feels like, well, no, now it's Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What? So what? Once I get there, then have I completed the task? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. And also, like, what what constitutes success? Like, you know, yeah. I, I I look, you know, like Hannah's dad's an actor, and he's seventy. Seventy six. Seventy six, and he's acted for most of his life since he was consistently three. Consistently since wow. he was about three. I think that's really successful. He's not famous, but I think it's really fucking successful, and I think. Anyone that can sustain certainly this industry, many industries, but certainly a creative one and still be doing it at 72 and like going, yeah. Oh, that's unbelievable. That's fucking successful. Like, like why should you have yeah. to go to Hollywood? You're hugely successful. Like you're mega successful. And you're, you're right. Like if someone said to me, you'll be a lead on a BBC One sitcom, I'd go, I'll have that just for the day. I'd have yeah. it for the day. I don't need a series. I'd just do a pilot. <laughs> like, you know, but, and goalposts are allowed to shift, of course. But yeah, yeah. you're right. It's like the joy of doing it it can be taken away if you're not careful definitely, can't it definitely. oh god listen if you forget yeah if you start to not enjoy it what's the point then it's not the one is it <laughs> yeah what's the point ryan reynolds here from Mint mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. So you're at theatre workshop. Yeah. And I had read on Wikipedia. Uh, so is that where you've Shane Meadows found you found you at 15 when it didn't you get a part in something at 15? Yeah, that was um a room for Omir Brass. That was one of his so I think he'd just done 24-7, so it's probably like his second feature film. Um and he came to work he came to workshop and auditioned a load of us. And then I got through to the next round. And to be fair, Shane wasn't the name that Shane is now. Um, so I was a bit like, no idea who he is or what kind don't of deal. You know, I don't, <laughs> it's not that I didn't care. I just, you know, I had no idea. Wasn't intimidated by it, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. And will I still have time to write my tiny letters? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's all that's important right now. <laughs> um, so I was like, not intimidated by Shane so much. But then what happened was this, the way that the workshop's um, broken down is it's, 11 to 16, 16s and over, um, and then under 11s. So at this point, I'm in 11 to 16 group. Now all the people that have been recalled was me and then people in the over 16s. I don't I don't want to be near them. They scare the living shit out of me. <laughs> uh, this is, you know, being asked to go and hang out with the, yeah. the year above. It's like, it's too much. Yeah. So I remember being really scared, really nervous, and just not wanting to perform at all because all these like older girls were looking at me like, you know, they were lovely, but it was just that fear yeah. of doing it wrong. And so... I think the fact that I didn't get into the circle, because that's how we, it was always in a circle formation in workshop. It was just the way it was. But you'd have to, you know, so people are looking at you from every angle while you're doing this improvisation. And I just kept it really kind of simple, I think, <laughs> because I was so nervous. Yeah. And Shane obviously took 
something from that. And thank God he did. Wow. That's all I can say. That's incredible, isn't it? Yeah. So then that happened and presumably you went off to film. What happened after that? Did you just go back to school, complete school and sort of like... Yeah. Did you get an agent and did stuff start to sort of, you know... I did get an agent, um, but it was kind of towards when it was coming out. So I went back to school and genuinely thought, like, guys, just calm down when you're around me, yeah, because I'm a huge deal right now. <laughs> just made a film. And, you know, when I say nothing came, like, you know, nothing really came from it. And, you know, the distribution of films, I kind of understand what that is now. Back then I didn't have a clue what the word even distribution probably meant. No. And found out that it was actually only across six cinemas across the country. Now, in my head, it's everywhere. It's everywhere and everyone's watching it. <laughs> yeah, Hollywood will come calling, of course. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, very quickly just went back to back to normal life, finished school, went to college, managed about four months and then went and got a job in H. Samuels. Amazing. Oh what did God, your parents think about you? Do Like, were they supportive when you said... You know, were they always up for it? They're up for you going to the workshop and then all right with you doing a film or Oh, they love it. They've oh. been they've been yeah. I mean, like genuinely, you know, to have the support of your family. Oh, it's unreal, isn't it? Yeah. Well you can't do it without them, is the truth. You, no. You well it's so much harder you know, in really, it. Oh my god, yeah. I really admire people that you know, f- friends that I've got in the industry that didn't have that infrastructure and, and they still oh, managed support, to do it. Yeah. And yeah. Because I, I wouldn't have, my, my stepdad run me everywhere. My mum did everything, like yeah. paying for, you know, doing all the little shows and whatever. And because one thing leads to the next, isn't it? And yeah, I just, I, yeah, I'll take my hat off to people that got there without any of that, really. So lovely that they supported that. I'm so delighted to hear that you were working in H. Samuels because that's literally a name I've not enjoyed for a long time. Oh H. Samuels in Lewisham used to go in and look in the window and go, one day. Oh <laughs> stuff in the window. Tommy girl. I really wanted one of those rings Tummy. that said love on it. I really wanted oh, one. I had one my initials, LC. Oh, lovely. And a sovereign. Oh, yeah, I had a sovereign. A sovereign? Oh, oh I, I really wanted to. Yeah, I loved a sovereign. I got my sovereign from Argos, though. I remember it. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. Natural. <laughs> naturally from Argos yeah actually mine might have been from Argos I don't know I just remember loving it I loved my initial ring I loved it so much that is amazing yeah next to the sovereign of course <laughs> big chunky yeah, rings yeah. <laughs> so you're in H so what's um what what happens how do you sort of leave H <laughs> um well I think I stayed for about four years um was it four years 16 17 18 yeah probably around that at least at least a couple of years anyway and did you get any free jewelry did you get like was it just discount no i tell you what i did get so i became a i had to train to become an ear piercer all right and i do remember on a couple of occasions once i'd loaded the ear piercing gun um there was a few kids where they chickened out towards the end so i was like i'm so sorry i'm still gonna have to charge you because i've loaded it oh wow. and then they'd be like oh, okay no problem i go into the bath and just pierce my ears Sure. <laughs> Where else have you worked then? Dotted peers. Um, I then, I sort of, I did a tiny, I think I did about a week at Boots through an agency firm. Um, I worked in a sunbed shop, but I left there because people would moan about how hot the beds are. Brilliant. <laughs> That's brilliant. I can't stick with that either. And then I got an office job. Oh, I, did, I, did, I took, um, I did look after a dance school for a year. I remember that kind of being a turning point where I was like, I need to get back into it. I was going to say, along the way, all of these uh, jobs you had, were you still acting or was it just like, nah, that's done? 
there was yeah I had a I had about a year where there was just uh, I wasn't even interested I was kind of you know the auditions weren't going my way and things just weren't turning out the you know, the way you kind of hoped. But I didn't completely, you know, I wasn't like, oh, I'm completely done. I just left my agent. I thought, you know, there's no point. It's not working. She was putting me up for stuff that I didn't really like. And I thought, well, I'm in no position to pick. Mm. So maybe it's not for me and I'll just see how we go, you know. Yeah, a bit yeah. confused, really. And then, um, yeah, I looked after this dance school for a bit, which was great. And then I got a job in an office um starting like Saturdays you know evenings that kind of thing just on the phones then I ended up there for eight years wow and I took on every role because I was just one of them people that just gets bored easily so I was like anything going in HR (laughs) anything going in training anything yeah I'll take the vending machines and so what changed what happened what was the Um, was the turning point well the turning point was this is England 86 that was yeah, that was the sort of the first opportunity I had where I could think about seeing how far I could go financially. Again, yeah. it comes back to money because it right, has yeah. to because we have to survive. Exactly. Yeah. So it was the first time I thought, right, I can leave my jobs and see if I can just you know give it a go. And this is England '86 was an opportunity, and that's exactly what I saw it as, and what Shane presented it to me to be that. You know, it was focused quite heavily on my character and mm. knowing what we were doing with her as her storyline. And I just thought, I'm going to grab this by the balls and I am going <laughs> to give it everything I've got because it really could change the game. So I, I left my office job and I just went without other support systems. Went for it, yeah. Yeah, and... It's yeah. scary doing that, isn't it? It's scary, you know, I'm, I, so ridiculous, isn't it? Because it's not scary in the grand scheme of things. It's like... I, I talk about this all the time being a working class actor and um being without if you've never been without uh, yeah. or been on the breadline or been points through like I don't know how I'm going to sustain this um it's really hard to make that decision to go I think I'm going to jump off and go for it and it's yeah. pride yeah. it's pride you know it's that proud it's that I, I am proud of my roots I'm very very proud of my roots you know I still live in Nottingham I can't prize myself away from my roots and I think you know, had This Is England 86 gone off and done its thing and then I'd have left the office. I remember saying to them, you know, if I need to come back, can I come back? Like I'd already done that thing where it's like, it's probably going to fail because it probably just will fail. Yeah. And, you know, even just even just down to doing auditions and I'd be like, oh, I'm so sorry, can I get, you know, next Thursday off unpaid because I've got to go to this audition. I go to the audition and then for days later, everyone at work's like, oh, did you get it? And it's like, oh, I haven't found out yet. Weeks later, oh, did you get it? Oh, I haven't found out yet. It's like that forever. Yeah. And that's the pride thing where you go, what? So then I I leave, I do the job. And then a year later, I'm like, can I come back? It's pride. It's like, you just go, oh, what? I haven't made it. Yeah. I think if you've got a work ethic as well, it's just something you've been brought up in. If you, if you, but you know, that's that's the thing that people in my family, you just work. That's what you do. You don't yeah. not work. And that's such a that idea of work as an option. I find a really alien <laughs> idea. Like I still can't understand that. Yeah. Like that it's an optional thing. Like it's like surely you just work. That's what people do. And people go, yeah, I might just take six months off to like. I'm like, wow. Like, yeah. And 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 that's for people who've always been able to do that because they come from money. Or even when people make money and they just come and take six months off, it's just not in my. It's options. Are you good at having time off? <laughs> no. 
I mean, no. Laura's the worst. Oh, I'm terrible. You're the I'm worst. So terrible. And do you know what? I'm such a. I, I'm happy to hold my hands up. I am a moaner as well. <laughs> you know, it's like when you are working. You mean when I when I am working? <laughs> I think any actor has this classical disease where yeah. when you when you get the schedule, the first thing you look at is your days off. Yeah. <laughs> Even if you've just had six months off, and you go, "Oh no, I'm working on that day. That's not going to work for me." It's like. Well, <laughs> You know, it's when the, can I go home? It's always yeah. right. When can I get home? When can I get home? Yeah, when, always, exactly. If you're if you're away, yeah, working away. That's like that's the hardest part, I think. But yeah, I don't like. I don't know what I'm having time off for. That's my problem. Yeah. So even if I've got, you know, I've not been filming for weeks now, but I don't feel like I've had. I don't feel like I've sat and you know, I've not been doing Lego and watching Netflix. I've just been in my office or been doing stuff. I can't sit still. I can't. No. Obviously, it was a success. You go off and do Zingland, it's like a massive success. Yeah. So how did your life change? Was there a huge sort of period of adjustment to that? Because um, it was being... huge, wasn't it? It was massive. It was like... Yeah, it was. It was massive. It was massive at the time. And it, you know, the BAFTA was insane. I mean, I was up against like Anna Maxwell Martin, who, you know, now I know very well, um, <laughs> Juliet Stevenson and, uh, you know, huge actors. And I remember being kind of pre-warned, like this probably won't go your way, just so you know. It's like, okay, <laughs> got it. Um, but what doesn't happen is a daughter, Narnia, as I call it, you know, I think people think, right, you've won a BAFTA. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I do remember being invited to a party in LA off the back of the BAFTA um it was like you know something that was related to all that stuff and I said oh well absolutely I mean you know I've still never been to LA to this day but (laughs) at that time I was like my god this is huge but what I couldn't do is take somebody with me on that cost so therefore they'd happily pay for me to get to LA and do all the stuff but they wasn't going to cover anybody else's travel so I went well then I'm not coming I can't tell you how scared that would have, like, walking into a room with, I don't know who, because I don't know the industry, because I've literally just left the office. (laughs) (laughs) I can't do that. And, you know, at the time, my family and friends also didn't have however much that To fly with you to LA. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it's, listen, it's changed my life. Like that show has completely changed my life. Meeting Shane changed my life, going to the workshop. It's all, you know, I look back now and go, yeah, if only I could tell myself that back then, like chill a bit, it's all going to work out in the end, you know, whatever that working out is, because, you know, everything changes on the dime in this world. But, you know, there was certainly sort of that feeling of something felt different um but again it didn't feel instant right you know this industry moves really really slowly and then it like goes wild and then it goes slow again and that's yeah. how I, I still think it feels like that to this day really that's mad it's mad to hear you say that because it's so easy because you know people from the outside go well you never stop do you and you're like yeah oh yeah. no I've stopped and I've, I'm stopped I've actually stopped can't get arrested you know like <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> but, yeah um, from the outside yeah yeah from the outside looking in you know you go wow it's really funny you talk about not having a 
someone to go with you. I went to a party the other day. It was a BAFTA thing. Oh, yeah. And I weren't allowed a plus one because, you know, tickets were tight. Um, uh, so I went on my own. I knew oh. someone else going, so I'd given them a call oh, and said, oh, please Laura. meet me at the entrance because I can't go on my own. But I literally sat in the corner eating chicken and chips that were going round. I think I must have had about three portions. Well done. Because, thank <laughs> you. Because uh, I just – and I remember someone – stepped on my dress this, oh, this, this girl was coming up the stairs oh, this is this is gonna rip our heart out i can feel <laughs> the story. it no she stepped on like my roby bit that was a bit hanging down and i kept having to pull it all night i felt so uncomfortable i've got such huge imposter syndrome anyway um which i know we all have but it was really big on this night and i thought it's all you deserve to be here come on you deserve to be here i mean I'm really, but um i was wandering around on my own a lot and i went up the stair i went up the stairs and this this girl <laughs> had stepped back onto my robe and instead of me going oh sorry babe you just on can you just sorry babe can you just get off my um i, I just sort of was like maneuvering it really yes. slowly from under her so every time she shifted weight I quickly pulled it out because I was too frightened to go I'm to so her just laughing in I your don't face. even know who she was oh no I, I thought Laura. she's way more important than me she looks really cool and gorgeous and you know and I just yeah felt like my mum sat in the corner which you know nothing wrong with that but I'm not good at those things I'd have never I'd have done exactly the same as you I'd have never have gone there yeah no Millie you're joking even now I don't think I, I'd have gone on my own now I don't or even because... necessarily something you look forward to is it like this Oh God! But why would anyone it's want to go not. to a party where they don't know anyone on their own? Yeah, yeah. Do you know why I was talking about it? It's about feeling like I don't know, and it's I think it's definitely, definitely prevalent in a working class person, people where you just feel in those sort of scenarios like I, it takes me right back. It takes me right back to being. I feel your dancing school where you felt like school yeah. where I felt everyone was yeah. posh and I didn't deserve to be there. I know not everyone's got the same story as me, but I wondered if. I know that you just said you feel like that still and you've got loads of success and, you know, people are going to be going, I always think I'll arrive, people won't know who I am, which is often the case, but people know who you are, you know. You're- yeah, no, it's, it's definitely weird. I mean, you know, line of duty, when I look back at what happened with This Is England compared to what happened with line yeah. of duty, it's two very different beasts, you know. It's like yeah. This Is England's quite niche and, you know, it's got a very hardcore audience and then you've got Line of Duty, which is a much more commercial, much wider scope, a much more global scope, all that kind of stuff. So it, I, I was kind of, you know, I've got myself now in a position where I feel like I've got a large audience because they're both yeah. quite different audiences. But, you know, I am still just gobsmacked I'm here. You know, I know people might think, oh, full of shit. It's not. Like, it's... no. I've got used to what I do. Mm-hmm. I've got used to what, I, you know, I've done Graham Norton three times or something. It's like, <laughs> that's <you>. mental. <laughs> you know, that's just weird. Yeah. Like, I never thought I'd ever make it onto those shows. I, I used to watch it as a kid and think, oh, you yeah, know, that would be, like, imagine me being on that. Yeah. It's like, yeah. you know, now I've done it three times. I know what the drill is and, you know, I order Menandos <laughs> and it's like... <laughs> you know this weird routine and it just makes it more comfortable but it doesn't mean that you know I'm I'm not PR trained I'm not I'm just I'm just doing it my own way that seems like a so you said this thing earlier which is really lovely thing about how like you haven't been able to drag yourself away obviously and you're still at home where you grew up like you've stayed and has that been important to you to like really keep those roots and have that kind of anchor to um well it's important for me to be around my family number yeah. one so if my family told me tomorrow that they're all emigrating to australia then i'm off to australia 
right. that. <laughs> so, you know, nothing would like keep me too far away from, from my nephews and my sister and my mum and dad. And, you know, Johnny, bless him, like when we met, he was living in London and I moved to London with him for a bit and loved it and was like, this is, you know, it's great. It's a wonderful city. But I just know it's, you know, I like to drive to Tesco and fill my boot. <laughs> I don't want to be like walking and then I had to trap them all up the stairs and then, nah. you know, we had to go to the dry cleaners. I was like, it was just the way of that world was just different. It, nothing wrong with it. It was just, I just felt a bit, uh, didn't feel at home. So luckily Johnny, you know, took to Nottingham in the way that he has and he loves it. So thank God I've been able to stay at home because that's the reason I'm here. I just want to be around my family and my friends and, I don't really work in London. I don't really, you don't know where you're yeah. going to work. You know, as an actor, you're on the road. So Belfast became a bit of a home for quite some time because that's where Line of Duty was shot. And I would rather know that when I'm not at work, I'm at home. Mm-hmm. I know where everyone is. I can, you know, go and see my sister, trip to TK Maxx. That's what we do. I know when I first met you, I think you and I had a conversation about whether or not to get a cleaner. I mean, I've I still haven't got one. And me I remember, too. And I, I remember you and me talking Contest. about. <laughs> I remember you talking, me and you talking about not getting a cleaner, not because also we like to clean ourselves and that's yeah. clean, which was one of yeah. part of the conversation. But a big part was like that kind of, oh, I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. It's the money thing, isn't it? And paying someone to clean. I come from a family of cleaners. My nan was a cleaner. Uh, my, my dad had a, my stepdad had a cleaning company. I cleaned for a long time. So, I don't know, I like cleaning, so that's yeah, fine. Yeah, but... I'm obsessed, mate. I love cleaning. Yeah. It's my therapy, you know. It, it exactly, really... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but in the same breath, what I do love doing is paying people, you know. Yeah. The, the whole process of, you know, it's like Johnny, he's not into, he's not going to get a toolbox out. The toolbox belongs to me. And, you know, he's very much, he's very working class. He's from a, you know, Merthyr Tidville in Wales. Like his dad went, it was, you know, down the mines. It's like he knows about the graft, but he would much rather pay somebody and make sure it's going into a local pocket. Yeah. You know, is a local handyman or electrician or they've got their trade and they've got these skills that they've worked very hard for. My dad's a joiner, you know, I wouldn't dream of trying to do it myself. I know my dad can come and do it, you know, incredibly well yeah so I do believe in paying people and you know for their skill yeah cleaning companies they can make great money it's like oh god yeah happily give them your service maybe I will one day Laura let's catch up (laughs) we'll catch up (laughs) listen we have to talk about line of duty obviously I mean we spoke about we touched on it briefly saying it's just that's bonkers isn't it the success of it not bonkers because it's brilliant and I love it and we uh, it's hugely successful did you um did you feel a massive shift after that did anything massively change for you after that um like walking down the street not being able to get on a bus or you know that sort of stuff. on your tram oh, get on my <laughs> tram my god um yeah I'd, I'd say it's kind of been a, you know quite a progressive Mm. time so from the first two series was on BBC two and people enjoyed it but it didn't have the same momentum and then it just started to build and build it was the last series that was just bonkers and you know I think given that we was in still in the you know COVID times and people Mm. were 
yeah. sort of is you know is such need of escapism and a lot of people were at home and all that kind of stuff that it was quite yeah it was it was a lot yeah I mean you know I know me Martin and AD and Jed would have little zooms every week when it was on because so much had happened there'd be so much in the press there'd be paps and it'd be all that kind of thing and you're just going oh blimey this is new <laughs> like yeah. you know it all felt quite it felt a lot and then in the same breath we love interacting with the audience you know me Martin and Jed are on Twitter and Instagram and all that kind of stuff and I just I, I like being sort of I like I like that way of it because without this without the audience without these people that want a selfie and watch it and turn it on and you know dedicate every Sunday night to the show we haven't got a job yeah no, of course not. you know they determine whether or not they want to see us back on their screens and yeah. you know I've, I've said before when I've been like I've, I've had it where I think it was line of duty there was a series of line of duty out and then the replacement was like being trailed off the back of line of duty and I was like oh god that's too many things like I couldn't it, it made me feel a bit you know weird because I was like oh my god I'm on the telly and they're promoting my next show and you know I felt like I was taking up people's jobs or I was just on telly too much and people were going to be like oh no like give someone else a job <laughs> all that kind of stuff you know you you just go, well, no, I filmed them like completely separately at different times. That's not my doing. That's the BBC. <laughs> also, don't, don't apologise. It's your time and you should absolutely be enjoying it and lapping up. You're brilliant, you know, and also, you know, really nice person too. So, oh, and it's nice, it is, though. it's nice to see nice things happen to really nice people. It's, you know, I'm chuffed I'm, for Listen, you. I'm so, so, so lucky. I'm so lucky. Uh, uh, you know, there's not a moment that I've, sit here and just go oh well there we go this is how it is and I'm gonna <laughs> you know just expect it to be like this forevermore yeah. um you're not built like that so it's like you know yeah I think I just want to give people like you know god if I died tomorrow I'd just love to know that whatever I've left is honest yeah mm. and can I just quickly talk to you about your I'm gonna let you go in a minute but um your production company um because I just we, me and Han were just looking it up earlier just really really um, interested in it because it feels like you're giving back a little bit, which is nice. Yeah, no, I'm dead excited about it. Um, it's <laughs> been... only, only talk about what you can, obviously. But yeah, yeah, no, it's weird. It is. It's, it's definitely in that sort of process at the moment where I'm like, oh, I can't wait for all the things to line Happen. up and then I can go, woo! Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, at the moment, it's it's been a, a real learning curve in business, for sure. That's where I wish I'd have stopped writing so many letters. <laughs> Sorry, how lad? I don't understand. Um, so yeah, it's been a massive learning curve, and me and Johnny have basically just we're going to throw everything into it that we can. Johnny's the same as me. We want to give people jobs, give people opportunities, make good telly, make good film, documentary, whatever it is. There's, you know, it's it's an organic process really. But we was it was Henry Normal who used to be co-owner of Baby Cow, as you know, yeah, and he's from Knotts and he spoke to us years ago and says oh you know you should do it yourself and I was thinking can I though because I'm just a working class kid who's not <laughs> got that kind of brain and I'm sorry but the contracts are just way too daunting for me to read and you know there's just a lot that goes into setting something like that up and me and Johnny just put a bit of belief into each other and went sod it why don't we try because Henry did it and Henry is the same kind of guy you know he's very astute 
obviously he's done incredibly well, but back then he just did it. Yeah. And as much as it might have been slightly different times and this industry was less chaotic with like 900 billion channels, um, <laughs> it's, you know, it's still worth giving it a go. And I'd love to be able to prove to people that haven't got an education and haven't got all that kind of, you know, hand ups. I've given it a go and here's hoping it'll work. Oh, it's so exciting. It's so exciting. I think that's, I mean, that's why we like doing this podcast, talking to brilliant people like yourself that you hope that, I don't know, someone will listen and go, yeah, oh God, I could do that. And I think that's why we wanted to do it. We feel like class, yeah, certainly totally. being working class, always has to be associated with being bleak or having, you know, which it certainly can be, of course, but that you can't aim high that you know like I feel like this country is we've boxed aren't we and we're it's built for us to stay in our place and um, I think that's why we wanted to do this one it just to sort of go actually and being working class and being successful aren't mutually exclusive yeah like you can be both things yeah and I know that of course it gets more complicated as you have more success and we're back to money again of course money and then it affords you things and homes and lifestyles and things that you wouldn't have been able to have had you perhaps carried on working in the office you're in you may have but you may not have you know it's probably afforded you other things but at the same time I mean it's something we always ask people do do you still consider yourself working class well I still feel like I live surrounding I'm, I'm surrounded by it do you know what I mean? I've got I've got a nice house now, but it's not some gated community. You know, I, I live amongst hardworking people, <laughs> and um, to me, uh, to me, it doesn't feel my surroundings are different. But yeah, you know, certainly now I feel extremely privileged. Um, uh, uh, things are different. Things are different. You know, I, I don't do my food shop like I used to do my food shop yeah of course not. you know and there's simple things like that that you yeah it is yeah but you don't forget you don't forget what it was like to do that shop on 20 quid or whatever like I don't anyway I don't I don't ever forget I think the ultimate answer to that is I don't forget where I came from and I never will or want to I don't want to I'm, Mm. I'm so fiercely proud of um my family and you know just like my my morals I suppose like you know say your please and thank yous Mm -hmm. clean up after yourself like the fact that there was a certain amount of discipline around me and that there wasn't somebody there doing things because we didn't have a cleaner or we didn't have certain personnel that distracted you from doing that or you know extra curriculum somebody helping me out with a leg up yeah yeah is it because of that you do you know it doesn't the thing is it's funny that working class topic um there's varying degrees isn't there yeah yeah of course you know there's varying degrees as to people's poverty and and you know I certainly don't class myself as somebody that grew up and felt that kind of poverty I felt like my dad worked his ass off my mum was like you know always working and doing some even if she wasn't working in a job she was the house was spotless and she was doing something Mm. to make sure me and my sister were you know getting the best we could but it's as if we we're not trying to bash people that weren't from that world. No, of course you know, not. It's about celebrating. It's about celebrate exactly that. that. Yeah, it's about yeah. celebrating the fact that I love it when I listen to podcasts or interviews, and somebody speaks, and I can relate to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what, what I struggle is. with is majority of what we see and hear is not relatable. Yes. So when we all sit there and go, oh, let's watch a bit of Peter Kay or, you know, whoever, and all he's telling you about is something that's so menial, but you laugh so hard because it's relatable and because it feels like, yeah. to you. 
Exactly. And I suppose, you know, what we want is just a fair piece of the pie. Absolutely. Because a lot of what's out there, majority is, you know, doesn't feel as relatable. And I think as well, just about if it's one thing I always hope would come out of this podcast is for like younger people listening to people like you speak and just like feeling like feeling all the things they're still going to feel like imposters and not quite good enough work, but still walking into the space anyway. Yeah. And trying to, you know, have a little bit of that space. I just really, you know, feel so passionately about people doing that. Yeah, totally. So we just always wrap up the show asking our guests if they'd like to celebrate anyone today, a working class hero. Um, who would that be for you? That'd be my sister. Oh. My sister, Jenny, who is my rock. Yeah, she's my everything. And um, she will never let me forget where I came from. <laughs> Love her. <laughs> Not in a million years. She's. Uh, I've seen her go through it. You know, she's had the highs and the lows, but she is one fierce working class hero for me always will be and what does she do well she used to work at the office that I worked at we used to work there together <laughs> and now she works for me yeah. no way that's amazing yeah. which is like it's quite new but um yeah we love her we oh, worked you know amazing. she's there's nobody else on this planet who I could let have access to my inbox so um <laughs> And she'll keep you in your place, babe. She's, oh, that's so yeah, lovely. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, she um, she would, like, text me going, yeah, I might go for a facial. Am I needed? I'm like, yeah, do what you want. It's great. I love that. The thought of being able to, you know, eventually sort of have my family and, yeah, that's and incredible. pay them. It's like, yeah, I'd much rather it's... That's oh, the dream. yeah, that's the dream. definitely 100%. So her name's Jenny. Yes. Yeah, so we'll be celebrating Jenny as well as you today. Vicky, honestly, oh, thank you so much. Thank you. have gone on and on, right? I mean, actually furious that we can't do another hour. Absolutely <laughs> amazing. Well, let's thank hook up so anyway. I'll see you. I'll be in London. I'm always You said that somewhere. to me six years ago, uh, Vicky, and I've seen right your hair as well. I mean, to be fair, COVID wasn't entirely Vicky's fault, was it? So. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Oh, oh my it, God. Thank it's you so busy. much, mate. Thank you. Thank you, mate. Oh my God, I could have spoke to her for hours. But you know what? When I first met Vicky, I just instantly, we, we gravitated towards each other um, in the smoking area when I used to smoke. Um, and I just, you know, like when you just meet someone and for all the amount of success that she's had, I was just like, it was just like chatting to one of my cousins. Like she's just one of she us. She does you know? strike me as a, a kindred spirit of yours there. Yeah, she is. There's just she something is. about her, um, you know, her connection to her roots and the... It's a funny thing, isn't it, when you when when people get the level of success that it, she has had or and continues to have, they can become a little bit like reluctant to talk about where they've come from mm. and their you know uh, their life and the, the normal jobs that she's had down the jewellers. I know, yeah, all of that kind of stuff. And that actually seems to be something that she not only is not afraid to talk about. She's funny proud, word, of it. proud of it, and yeah. it's a big part of it. She holds dear and where her best mates have come from. And yeah. I think it says a lot about a person who gravitates back to where they came from or who holds, you know, strong roots. A lot of our guests have had that, haven't they? And well, if you think what, yeah, about so it. I was desperate to get her on because I just know that she, she, she 
gravitates home all the time. She lives there because it's so important to her, her roots, her family. And, um, you know, we're, we're those sort of girls and all, aren't we? So I'm so glad you got to talk to her. And she's just... Me too. Honestly, a dime. I mean, not only talented, just a really, really brilliant person and funny as well. She's so funny. She uh, she said at the end of that, I don't know if it was, I can't, uh, I think it was probably off mic by then, saying, oh, it's a shame we could have gone on for hours down the pub. So I'll, I'll hold you to that, Vicky. Absolutely. First point's on me. See you down there. <laughs> so that's it for this week, but we will be back next week with a brand new guest. Can't wait. Can you? What was that voice? What? I was doing like a posh voice. No, don't do that. It needs a bit of work. Looking at me like absolutely. Who are you? All right, go on, bugger off. Keep it classy. It's more like it. Proper Class Podcast is produced by Michelle Farr-Scott for Rangabee Productions, edited by James Torrance, with music by Tommy Music. <laughs> <laughs>